What holds your heart? What stirs your soul? What matters come to mind? The cares you keep, the thoughts you think, it's not a wasted time. Seeking you will find Joy still comes in the morning Hope still walks where the hurting If you're still alive and breathing Praise the Lord Don't stop dancing and dreaming It's still good news worth repeating so Lift your head and keep singing Hello and a very good morning to everyone watching our Saturday live podcast on Catholics at Home. A big thank you to Matt Meyer for opening our show for today. My name is Kevin Francis and I'll be hosting today's show. Yes, it's good to be back after a short break. Uh, Labor Day was uh, last Saturday, right? Also, I'd like to thank all of you for chiming in and also engaging with us early. Don't forget, if you're watching this, uh, we appreciate it if you could share, like, and subscribe to our channel. 
also if you're watching this on fb why don't you just uh, watch live and uh, yes people can join you and see what you're watching and hopefully join us all right uh, first up, I'd like to say uh, some hellos to those who've joined us very early. Aaron, how are you doing the MCO? We are doing great here. Uh, we've got Philomena. Good morning to Jane, Celine, Jacinta, Sharon, Christine, Crystal and Brandon, Maria, um, and Felicias, I think. Yes. All right. So a lot of people joining in. If you do want to engage with us, then uh, don't forget to drop us a comment or just say hi in the comment box. All right. So um, this is the second weekend in May, and we all know what that is. Yes, the second Sunday is Mother's Day, right? So uh, last year, what we did was we had uh, two mothers, Meg and Mel, to host the show, which was uh, very cruel of us, which I haven't gone for confession for that yet. Uh, but anyway, we thought this time around, we'll give them a break, and we'll instead, uh, we'll just do a casual show with our favorite priest, the one and only, Father Clarence Devadas. Morning, Father. Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I still haven't gone for confession uh, for me making Mel and Mac do the show. <laughs> uh, I think the last time when they did it for Mother's Day, they said they should be resting and others exactly. should be working. <laughs> we'll give them a break this time and yeah, and then say some nice things about them and, and how they, yes. they add yes. some you know great joy to our show too. Exactly. I mean, to be fair, it was a great show when they hosted it, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should get anyway, that dynamic father, duo it's back. Also a, sorry? We should get that dynamic duo back. Exactly, exactly. So, Meg and Mel, if you're watching this right now, <laughs> we're going to get you soon, right? <laughs> now, Father, also, uh, the month of May is the month uh, dedicated or devoted to our Blessed Mother Mary. And um, also, um, the Feast of Our Lady Fatima is celebrated in the month of May. Uh, I believe uh, you and Father Bernard, from our Lady of Fatima have started a novena. Maybe you want to talk a bit about that? Ah, yes, Kevin. So May 13th uh, is uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. But this year, uh, on the 13th, is also the, the Solemnity of the Ascension. Uh, mm. So Ascension takes precedence because it is a greater feast. So that feast is kind of suppressed. But because it is our, our parish, our patronal feast, uh, we are having a nine-day novena. And we are dedicating that novena this year to pray as Pope Francis has asked us to pray for, for countries who are gravely struck down by this pandemic and also for the end of the pandemic. Uh, so I think yeah. I'd like to invite all our listeners out there you know, this month in a very special way to join the Universal Church uh, the, to be able to pray for the end of this pandemic. And if you want to join the, the, the novenas that we're having for these next nine days, uh, you can look out uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, Our Lady of Fatima Kale. Uh, every evening at 8 p.m. There's the rosary and the novena. And the, and the last three days, and we'll have the, a live stream mass too. So we're dedicating this to to pray for, especially for countries like Brazil, uh, India, that are really, really uh, going through great struggles at this time, uh, and to also for the whole world and for our country too. As yeah. the numbers keep rising, uh, you know, everybody is 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 kind of worried. Um, so yeah. let's also pray and stay safe. I think that's the whole idea of this novena to pray for that. Yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, around us, we need those prayers to, you know, seeing the numbers and, you know, getting news of, I'm sure now more and more people uh, are knowing someone who's uh, tested positive and, you know, especially to keep them in, in, in prayers as well, because it must be quite uh, frightening for them as well. So, Father, today's show is going to be very uh, casual and open. Ask a priest. Of course, that will be you. <laughs> I hope no one calls me Father Kevin. <laughs> we've, we've had our previous host uh, being mistaken as a priest. <laughs> no one will mistake that with me. <laughs> All right. So um, we'd just like to invite our viewers, if you have any questions about the faith, about the church, you know, just uh, put them in the comment section. And we'll get around to answering them. And uh, yes, uh, hopefully there'll be some interesting questions, something that maybe you've been um, desiring or a burning question in your heart to ask the priest, but you've always been maybe a little bit shy. You know, well, now's a good time, Father, because we've got all of this uh, technology. You know, you don't have to approach the priest. You can just type it in and, and get the answers uh, right away. So this is a good opportunity for our viewers. Yeah, you know, when, when somebody text, a few people texted me after they saw that poster we put out and said, oh, so, okay, so can we ask anything and, and, and everything? I said, 
come on, I limited lah to faith and church. You know, around <laughs> ask me all kinds of things, other things. Uh, you know, uh, beyond yeah. the scope of my specialty. So. Perhaps we kind of like look at you know uh, the experience of faith, and I think you know this time here in KL and Slango, we are going into we we are into a kind of a, another lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, churches are close uh, to help the situation. I think that's the that key point there. You know, it's not that we want to close, but it's also to to help the situation. Every day we are reading that hospital beds are getting filled up. Um, yeah. You know, so we we this is our contribution to to curb that that spread. Mm-hmm. You know. Not to make our churches also a place where people get infected. Uh, when hospitals are being filled up, that's a scary thought also. Yeah. So the question not to ask is when is the church going to open? <laughs> I'm sure that that's a famous question right now. Don't ask that question because we don't know, and we're going to, uh, I suppose, go day by day and week by week to see how the situation uh, evolves and uh, hopefully gets better. All right, so let's see if we have any questions. Any questions uh, on our Facebook page? Um, let's take one for, from Aaron. How do we ask the priest to make an appointment for the confession when we enter into the church parish office? Ask the priest to make an appointment. Is that how do we make an appointment? How do we make an appointment? I think that's that's the question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Think, you know, I think just just call up the parish office, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, with all the precautions that we are supposed to take. Uh, mm-hmm. How I do it is that you know I try and have it in an in an open space, not in a confined mm-hmm. space. Uh, you know, both people have to wear mask, um, and I think we are open to the idea of of having confessions when people really really need it at this time. Uh, you know, the, the sacraments are not suspended. You know, the, the sacraments are. Uh, there it's just a public celebration of the sacrament uh, mm. sacraments that we can't have here in KL and Slango uh, but the private the individual ones where there isn't a need for uh, people to congregate uh, one-to-one confessions uh, people can call up and make an appointment uh, as soon as the possible a priest is available with all the precautions that is needed uh, you know to be uh, yeah to make to, to make that appointment so I think you know just need to call call the parish. You know, some people are asking, can we make can we make confession over the phone? You no, know, of course, this question that we have answered before. You know, uh, the whole idea of of the confidentiality is compromised. That's where I think you know the the sacrament we, we don't do it. Uh, apart from the other things, you know, sacraments are always one to one, face to face. But the key concern is also the the idea of of confidentiality, which we can't which we can't really. You, know, you never know who's listening in your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know the person we have. It's also yeah. listening. Yeah, <laughs> wiki leaks, wetty leaks, all yeah. kinds of leaks. You don't know what kind of leaks we have. Oh my! You might be a loudspeaker. <laughs> yeah, so speaking, right. of, uh, uh, speaking of uh, sacraments and all that, so funeral, weddings, and baptism, we can still have it, but just with the necessary people. Am I correct to say that? Say that again, Kevin. Like for funerals, weddings, and um, baptism, do we still have it during this time? But yeah, uh, so so let's remember that I'm only talking about KL and and Slango. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The other states are still open with uh, with the social distancing. You know, it's just KL and Slango where we are under MCO now. Uh, mm-hmm. With uh, the 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 recommendation now is only thirty people and not more than thirty people mm-hmm. uh, during this time. Uh, so just to keep that, you know, you know, one of the things I, I realized that. When in this this time, even before this going to MCO, you know, weddings are very hard to keep people apart. You know, you haven't mm-hmm. seen people. You know, so the chances yeah. are people come, you know, they want to hug, you know, they haven't seen a relative for a long time, you know, they want to go and close, have a conversation. Uh, all that, you know, uh, you know, when I have to do that wedding, I, you know, like you're 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 walking on eggshells, like you know, what's what, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen, you know. Yeah. I think at this time we all have to just take extra precaution, whether it's family or whether it is like we were saying just now, you know, whether it is somebody whom you know, you know, um, mm. you just have to have to be extra cautious. That's all. Yeah, anyone uh, can be a carrier. Exactly. As we were talking earlier, just before we came on, you know, the most dangerous is because we feel comfortable with the people around us. That's when we let our guard down and you know don't wear the mask and you know. That's right. Actually, that's that's the most dangerous. Uh, just before we move on to the question, since we were talking about confession, uh, I have a question, uh, Father. So, um, so we know priests also do have to go for confession. Um, do you um, have like partners, like you know, my confessor is this, or you know, can you go to anyone, or, or I don't know, what, what's the, what's confession oh, for a priest so, like? So, I mean, there isn't like a buddy system for confession. You're not going to find anybody, you know. But uh, you know, we 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 choose our own confessors. 
yeah. uh, among the priests, you know, somebody whom we are comfortable with, uh, somebody who can assist us. Uh, so we choose uh, anyone we would like to uh, make our confession with. Uh, so, you know, before this pandemic, we used to have our monthly recollections. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and you know, in the evening, the first evening, uh, there is an hour set aside or half an hour uh, time for confession. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, you know, priests will go to another priest for confession. Personally, is it uh, awkward because you know the person very well? Um, for me, it is not. It is not very awkward. Uh, it's simply because you know. I, I think the the reality of of confession for me, at least, is a recognition that that we are all sinners. You know, I mean, yeah. It's not that you know one is better than the other or one is holier than the other. We recognize, you know, at the beginning of the mass when we pray, the I confess, and we say that you know I confess. Uh, Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I am a sinner. Yeah. So if we can start with that premise to know that we all are sinners, we're all in this, you know, journey together. Uh, and I think what the, the, the sacrament is all about, for me at least, I always say the sacrament is, is not about uh, accusing oneself, but the, the sacrament itself, it's a celebration of God's mercy. That when I come to God uh, in a contrite heart, uh, I encounter God's mercy. And that is far bigger than, than you know, just accusing myself of, of you know what i've done yeah so right. it is a recognition of that for me yeah i always tell people when you come to confession that's the recognition right and uh, alicia thank you for your question uh morning to you how do the priests decide on the penance after confession <laughs> yeah i think i think the general principle about penance is, is something achievable uh. you know i cannot give you a penance to say you, you have to climb up mount everest you know, it's not not achievable. <laughs> you know, something well, maybe, that, maybe for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that is achievable and in 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 the short space of time. You know, uh, we, the the penance basically, you know, uh, is you know in, in the very old days, you're talking about a very long time. There used to be a manual for confessors. You know, mm. this is a long, long time ago. This is a, a, a few centuries ago. Uh, you know, I remember seeing it one in the library uh, when I was studying. Uh, you know, and and it was a, it was for every sin there is a kind of a corresponding penance, but we have moved away from that manual kind of a thing. You know, it, it's not it's not it's not like when your 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 computer doesn't work, you open up at the back and you see okay, if there's no light, this is what you do. So there isn't one, but you know, okay. something to help that person to to kind of uh, you know recognize your failings and to do something uh, as a kind of a, a response to God's initiative of forgiveness. So it can be anything. It can be a prayer. It can be a small action. Uh, it can be it can be so many different things. You know, something achievable. You know. Uh, I remember one of my professors uh, saying that, you know, that that the penance uh, cannot be the, the burden of the penance cannot be greater than the sin, you know. Uh, so you know, so you know, long time. I mean, he he, he I mean, he casually mentioned that to me, uh, a redemptorist priest. I think it makes sense. You know, you you cannot put on a big burden on people and ask them to, you know, walk five kilometers after this, and you know, maybe those days it was, but now you know something yeah. achievable. Yeah. You might deter them from coming to confession. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but while while you were talking about that, Father, I was just thinking that uh, maybe during the the priest training when you had your those exams, there'll be a question: if a person confesses this, which penance do you give? A, B, C, D. All all of the above. All of the above. But just very quickly, what if a priest doesn't give you a penance? That has happened, right? That's that's I won't say common, but it's happened, usually, right? Usually there is like, Usually there is some form. Either it happens in the church or it happens. Yeah, usually there is yeah. there is something you know some act of reparation uh, yeah. for kind of the sins that we have just confessed. But it's not but a punishment. If, yeah, but if uh, the confession you can always is still ask, you can always ask the priest. Ask the priest. You know, Father, have you forgotten? Sometimes you know when you're in the long line, uh, after mm. a long period, after after an hour of, sometimes you know you can also phase out. You know, kind of space yeah. out, uh, then yeah. forget to mention yeah. it. You ask Father, uh, yeah. Father, what about my penance? Uh, yeah, you can always wow. ask them. That that would be like the boy in, in front of the class is always like the goody goody. Oh, teacher, you know you want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we we forgot another question. Ew, YB Kasturi, good morning to you. Uh, thank you for reaching out to us in this platform. How do you keep your personal stand and views separate from your work as a priest? Wow. Okay. Um, I, I think you know. It's very difficult to say that there are two views here, you know, because otherwise, you know, it's like a question of Jekyll and Hyde. 
Mm. you know, I, I cannot have two personalities. Uh, so a lot of time, my, my views are also, uh, you know, in line with what the church asks. Because I, as a priest, I also represent the church. Uh, even if I if I even if I post a personal opinion, people will think that you know because it's coming from me. Uh, this is the view of the church also. So I do very I be very careful and very discerning as to how I, I say or what position do I hold. Um, a lot of times for me personally, I, I don't know about other priests. Maybe I just can talk about myself. A, a lot of times I, I see my views uh, are views that you know that I have learned from the church. Um, so there isn't one or the other, uh, but it is something that. That that kind of uh, 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 brings out the fullness of, of of the view. Of course, there are things. Uh, I mean, I would admit there are things. Sometimes I myself question. You know, uh, mm -hmm. why can't it be this way? Why can't it that be that way? Uh, what I do is I, I try and find find answers. You know, I try and find. You know, where where what position do I take? Uh, sometimes I I believe that it is for. The glory of God that that we that we we take a stand on certain things. Yeah. So there are many issues. Um, I mean, there, there there are many issues about about life, uh, about faith. Uh, but for me, it is you know it is one and one and the same. Um, if you I mean if you look at the life of Jesus was that you know I mean his views were that of the Father. I mean of course we can say Jesus was different, but uh, his his views reflected what humanity is all about. So, so I, I don't think there's for me there isn't one or the other. Uh, very often, it is for me it, it's one and the same. Hmm. But I suppose, uh, for the Clarins, if we're talking about you know pastoral care and stuff like that, if you have different views, then then it's just about you know how you would manage your parish or you know how you relate to your parishioners. But if if it's something about the faith that you find. Um, um, that you're opposed to or something like that. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you sort of like uh, went into like a crisis, like because it, that's that's what the church teaches and did you ever find something that you didn't agree with? No, um, you know, pastoral practice and pastoral principle are two different things. I think, I think we have to be, you know, sometimes the practice can be quite different. The application can be different. Uh, so sometimes you, I know you often, people often ask, you know, why one priest does like this, one priest does something else different, you know, but sometimes the principle is the same. Sometimes the application is different. Uh, I have not come to a point where to experience some kind of a crisis uh, between my views and the church views. Uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, after 24 years, still not yet. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think sometimes, I think sometimes the answers are out there, Kevin. Sometimes I think we, I, we struggle because we do not know where to find the answers. Uh, we need to process it. Sometimes what we hear the church is saying is not what the church is actually saying. You know, sometimes when you read the media, you know, we often read the headlines. The headline doesn't really reflect the true story, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, the church is yeah. against it. You know, I mean, they, they pick one particular line out of yeah. the whole context. And sometimes it's yeah. for us to go and search for the truth, what actually the church means, you know, uh, and where are the, the, what is the direction the church offering and providing us? I think always look for the truth, the greater truth, yeah. and not just what is being said to you uh, by the either WhatsApp. It's not uh, WhatsApp or uh, that, or it is not Wikipedia, you know, but. Look for yeah. the truth, and there are many many places where we can look for the truth. Yeah, and and when looking for answers, I mean, like for, for us, if we want to look for answers, we look to you know the leaders in the church and the priests and all that. For priests yourself, if you are looking for the answers, uh, who above you do you uh, you know do you probably reach out to? Um. I mean, there are other people. If if, if it's a specialized area, then you know mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, because we, so I've done a bit of postgraduate studies and then my area is very specialized. If there's some other area that I'm not sure of, I look for another priest who has specialized in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, if someone who is specialized in Bible, if I have a question about the Bible, I would go there. Uh, if there's something, something, something to do with philosophy, then I would go to a priest who, who has specialized in philosophy. So, you know, it's just a looking for a doctor like Kevin, you know. Yeah. You know first, you go to the GP. Uh, then if you don't find the answer, then he says, oh, no, your problem with your ear, then, okay, then, you, then you go and look for an ENT specialist. So, you know, so we look for different people. Uh, yeah. And so there are many people who have, who have studied different things. So that's where uh, I, I would look for. Right, right. All right. Uh, thank you, YB Kasturi, for that uh, very interesting question. Oh, Jonathan, morning, Jonathan, JP. 
It's for the JP. Uh, for the JP, yes. Uh, for those of you watching, JP is uh, one of our hosts. Uh, missing him this morning, but he's got a question. What is your usual morning routine like? Has that changed post-COVID? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say post-COVID. We are not out of it yet. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, between pre-COVID and during COVID, we are still there in the pandemic. Um, what has changed? Uh, I think that the routine has changed a little bit uh, in the sense that, you know, uh, work is more, uh, I, I think one of the biggest things, and, and I share, I think many people share this, a lot of our engagements now are online, you know, mm -hmm. there are countless number of Zoom meetings, you know, and I think that is the new thing uh, that's happening. Uh, in terms of the daily routine, I, I've still kept kind of a routine for myself. Um, of course, you know, usual things like everybody does breakfast, work, office, uh, pastoral care, but I think one of the things uh, that that has changed is that uh, we see less people face to face. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the the, the reality, um, and that you know, not many people come out. Not many people, uh, you know, or we also a bit cautious, um, unable to attend sick calls. You know, because people are in hospital, we are not able to go in. So things, uh, I think that the ministry is the same, but to be able to find new creative ways to engage with people. So our podcast is something different. Our routine has been changed. Saturday morning routine has changed for me. Uh, <laughs> and we're thankful for that, I'm sure. Yes, uh, that we can have you every Saturday morning. Geraldine, morning Geraldine. Uh, just two quick questions. It is against, is it against the CCC to fast on peace day? And is it a sin if one doesn't go for confession? All right, let's pick the first one, I suppose, Father. Um, you know, the, the church recommends, of course, Lent is a time uh, of fast, prayer, you know, uh, and almsgiving. Uh, so the church recommends that, you know, the, the requirement of, of the law is that, you know, you do some form of abstinence, some form of penance on Fridays. Uh, and and that is what is asked of us. Sometimes there are feast days, as in solemnities. Uh, so the solemnity supersedes. So there is no need uh, to fast in that sense. Uh, but you know, but you better check first. You know, uh, don't don't declare a feast day on every Friday or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you know, as much as the as much as the 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 the, the law is, is there, Kevin. I think what is important is is the spirit of the law. You know, why why do we do it? Yeah, you know, it is not just you know the need to do it, but why we do it. You know, we, you know, we always have this story. You know, people say you can't eat meat on Fridays, but then you you spend lavishly on a, on a big seafood meal. Yeah, uh, the, the spirit is lost. You know, the whole idea of that fasting or the abstinence is that the money that you save, uh, you help somebody else. You know, you mm -hmm. give it to somebody else to help. So sometimes I think we need to remember it's it's the spirit very important. Let's not lose sight of why we do these things. But, you know, let's not interpret it very arbitrarily in that sense. Lah. You know, you know, yeah, you can do this or can't do that. But there's a basic, there's a basic uh, requirement by the church. Uh, and then, you know, if you do extra, that's up to you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you do extra. But the spirit behind it, I think, is very important uh, as to why we do it. You know, mm -hmm. I always say the example, I give the example like this, you know, when you're driving on the road and you see a, a, a no U-turn sign, you know, mm -hmm. what is the spirit behind it? Uh, if you want to do a U-turn, is it because it's mm -hmm. dangerous or because there's no policeman watching you? you know? mm -hmm. Very yeah, often it's yeah. a letter, isn't it? For a lot of yeah. people. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but because there may be a true danger there, you know, making, yeah. making a U-turn, there could be a, a, a dangerous point on that street. So sometimes I think yeah. we need to understand the spirit of the law rather than just thinking of, you know, uh, whether it is sinful or whether it's not, or whether I should do this or not. But, you know, always remember that there is a spirit that that brings about the law and, and get down to that also. The question about confession, yes. I mean, Easter duties, uh, yes. we are expected once a year during the season of Easter, but we do it before to go to confession, yes. But in this time, it's a bit difficult, yes. We recognize Pope Francis also said that last year in the pandemic. He says, make a good act of contrition, you know, but there's a conditional clause that as soon as it's available that you would go to confession. So it's, it's not a get out of jail, get out of jail card. You know, <laughs> those of you who play Monopoly, you know that. Uh, so basically, when you're available to make, to go to confession as quickly as possible. I, I just want to go back to the fasting just a little bit. Um, because we don't really have like uh, strict guidelines, right? I mean, what, what we need to fast and all that. And, you know, when we give ourselves the 
the how we want to tell ourselves how we want to fast you know are, are we taking it too easy to say oh just because you know we know we can do this so we say okay i'm fasting this but we are not really putting ourselves through a proper fast <laughs> is that is that all yeah. right you know i think the the basic very the very basic is that you know if you are if you're well if you are if you're an adult you know if you're not on any medication that requires you to be eating all the time you know there's a certain age uh, so that's the basic requirement you know yeah you fast fast meaning sometimes some people some people for example you know have to take small meals you know for example like me i i mean i give you my example you know you know i i get a little bit of 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 reflux here and there so for me my meals are, are kind of spaced out you know so smaller meals during the day uh, not a big meal uh, so sometimes fasting for me uh, yeah i just reduce I, i just you know the consumption of 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 big meals you know just to you know so that i don't suffer from that uh, uh, mm -hmm. acid reflux so mm -hmm. you know so yeah the church makes a requirement but the church is also cognizant of you know there are challenges like mm -hmm. somebody who needs to take medication and you can't take on an empty stomach of course the church is going to make that exception for you you know it's not going to yeah. say that you know you don't or if you suffer from some severe gastritis you know uh, you know maybe you can you can change it a little bit uh, and do something you know maybe reduce or maybe you know just a simple meal maybe just porridge instead of a huge meal so there the, i mean the church has that requirement but the church is not heartless either you know uh, you know there are some people who just can't uh, for for medical reasons right no the church but, is merciful thank you of course it is. it is it is you know but you know let's not take that for granted either yeah uh, you know let's make an effort you know let's make an effort to do this right okay we have another question from Jacinta good morning to you uh, good morning father does catholic teaching or doctrine change was vatican II considered a change in the church um you know when when jesus came you know when he says i am the way the truth and the life that is the fullness of god's revelation god has revealed everything already but the understanding of revelation of faith uh, is evolving is evolving you know even theology has evolved from the time of saint augustine the great names i can think of augustine uh, thomas aquinas even their theology uh, uh, has been you know worked on and improved and and understood you know mm. uh, i mean a simple example like capital punishment you know if you look at the old theology books capital punishment and going to war was justified uh, mm. but in more recent times a better understanding of theology and better understanding of the principle of life uh, the church has been opposed to to capital punishment the church has been opposed to going to war uh, mm. you know uh, so it evolves because the human mind is limited no there's, there's no way we can understand everything it evolves uh, it gets better uh, a better understanding uh, a better uh, way of looking at things so it evolves so i think it, it doesn't change I think Vatican II, yes, Vatican II was a, a kind of a, a a shift. You know, if if Pope John the Twenty Third, who initiated this, you know, his mind was the church needs a reform. Uh, the church needs to be able to change to because it was a changing time. If you remember the sixties, you know, mm -hmm. Kevin, you and I were not born at that time. Like, we all post post Vatican <laughs> babies. Post Vatican, you know? post Vatican babies. You know, uh, you know. It was it was a changing time in the world also in the 60s you know as we're moving into 70s so pope john the 23rd also realized that yes the church now needs to be more relevant uh, to the changing world so a lot of things change you know the understanding of church i think primarily how we understand church uh, it evolved uh, then you see the effects of it the effects of it are seen in like in liturgy for example in liturgy uh, in lay involvement lay people's involvement uh, in terms of our views about other religions Uh, so all these things change because you know we began to understand better in an evolving and changing world you know mm -hmm. so you know it always says that the fourth that the, the sorry the pope uh, you know the pope cannot make mistake on two things on faith and morals you know mm -hmm. he's infallible in faith and morals you know there are two things that that he cannot uh, make mistake so his pronouncements on those areas are never changing you know mm -hmm. uh, so it's always important to remember that yes faith evolves as we begin to understand ourselves um, mm. as god has revealed everything and, and i think that's why that's why you know the whole idea of this season that we are in the holy spirit will make it known to you it doesn't mm. mean you know just like that overnight the holy spirit reveals everything but yeah, it is yeah. a gradual progression you know as we begin to understand you, our human life 
our society, our world, and other things, uh, we begin to understand better and, and theology you know, refines itself. And it's always evolving. Theology cannot be static, like many other sciences, cannot be static. And also, uh, probably we can say that it's it's a blessing. That's why we have uh, successors to the Pope, so that uh, with the changing times, uh, we can evaluate and and see what's the best application to the doctrine that's not changed, right? Just probably the application. Yeah. All right. Thank thank you very much for the question, Jacinta. Uh, good morning to Florence. Are our sins forgiven if we make a perfect act of contrition without going for confession? I think, you know, I think I answered the question. I think that's the requirement for us. That is our understanding. Otherwise, uh, we fall into, you know, a very uh, gray area. Uh, mm -hmm. For us, that sacrament is very important. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a sacrament where God engages with us through the priest uh, for, for confession. During this time, yes, the Holy Father says, make a good act of contrition. We believe that God forgives you. But he also says, go, go to the confession because the sacrament is very important. You know, to be able to hear the words when the priest says, uh, you know, in the name of the church, I absolve you of all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Not my name, you know, not in the name mm. of Kevin, Clarence, and Mark. You know, it's not, not in our name that, that the priest forgives, uh, but it's in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I think those are very powerful words, uh, Kevin uh, and Florence, who you're listening to, because to be able to hear those words, uh, you know, you know, it's like it's like it's like hearing like somebody says, "I love you." You know, you know the person loves you, but when the person articulates it, you know, uh, it's different. You know, yeah. uh, you know. I mean, it's like I'm sure, like Kevin, like you and your wife, you cannot say like, you know, after all, it's a thought that counts, like you know. You, don't have to say it. you have to articulate it, isn't it? You know, yes, yes. you know, we know God is merciful, but to be able to hear those words, you know, that you know, that to the ministry of the church. Uh, I forgive you of all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy. That's the last sentence that the priest says in the absolution. You know mm -hmm. that the ministry that has been given to the church and then shared with the priests through the bishops that your sins are forgiven. And you know for sure when he says that word, that means you know for sure it's it's forgiven. Yeah. You cannot have doubts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, there's there's no there's no place to have those doubts. Whether yeah, has God forgiven me? Huh? God. Yeah. Huh? Uh, maybe not like maybe this part yes but maybe this part no you, you there's there's no there's no gray gray area anymore yeah this yeah, you of all things you know it's not so subjective that's the, that's the power of the sacrament that's the power of the sacrament you know when we go to it yeah but just before that uh for the clarence if if uh, you can just explain for us maybe those of us who are not uh who don't really understand the faith that well what do you mean when you say a perfect act of contrition that you know what is what is what is required to, to, to make a confession, basically, you know, an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement of, of, of our sins, you know, to be able to recognize. Secondly, is to be able to, to confess it in the, in the sacrament. And thirdly, it's also to do some act of reparation, you know, some act of penance, you know. So the three things that are, that are required in order to go to confession. Sometimes we, we think that, you know, confession is like a big washing machine, you know. Mm. We still haven't invented an 80 kg washing machine to put people through and, you know, get them, zap them in, you know. But confession uh, is a sacrament of healing, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's in the category of a sacrament of healing. So when we go there, because we know we are wounded, you know, because we know that you know we have sinned, you know, uh, you know, and we and we go there because we want we want to be cleansed of our sins. It's it's not like going to a shower. Sometimes people make the analogy of going to a shower, but it is a celebration of God's mercy. It's a recognition of my failure, and it is my intent to do something that I want to change, that I want mm -hmm. to change, you know. A lot of times we forget the third part, the intent. You know, mm -hmm. we go to confession and come back. And I mean, the reality is, you know, and all of us do the same thing. Whenever you go to confession, we realize that we, we, we confess almost the same sins. We have the, the yeah. same set of sins, you know, yeah. uh, that you that we confess. Yeah, um, are, are, we really are we really contrite? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the important thing is, is, is the intention and to do something about it. We may not be able to change everything about ourselves. I always tell people when you go to confession, you know, you have a list of sins, you know. I said, maybe just focus on this one area, this one area, work on this. Because if you want to change everything overnight, then we need a magic wand. And I don't have a magic wand, uh, Harry Potter's wand to change everything. But maybe you just focus on this area for this coming week, consciously work on this, you know. And you begin to work one by one. I mean, conversion is a lifelong process, Kevin, isn't it? I mean, yeah. There's never, a, you know, there's, there isn't a magic moment. There isn't a, you know, a magic portion that I can give you to drink. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's really good advice there, Pardon, thank you. Uh, Marcus Daniel Lee Man Kyung. All right, how do I learn more about Jesus as a kid? Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting question. How do I? <laughs> you know, uh, of course, I mean, I mean, the most common thing people do, parents do, is they buy the children's Bible, isn't it? I mean, they buy the kids' children Bible, you know. But I think you know, they, to encounter Christ in little ways, in little things, you know, to be able to recognize. I think not just for a for a child, you know. Uh, yeah, I think for ev for all one for every one of us. It's it's an awareness. It's an awareness of of God's presence, you know, to be able, you know, and when we when we do good to one another, we actually encounter Christ. And this is what the gospel, this Sunday, is all about. It's all about love, you know, to love as you as to love your neighbor, to love one another as God loves us. And I think if each one of us can just be aware of this, then we encounter God. We encounter Christ in many ways, you know. So uh, to that question, as a kid, you know. Read, of course, read, you know, do good things, you know, be charitable, be kind. You are encountering God in simple ways, you know. I, I think it was Mother Teresa who said, uh, if I remember, if I, I'm not too sure who said this, but anyway, I, she says, you know, just do ordinary things with extraordinary love. That's all is required yeah. of a follower, you know. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. You don't have to do extraordinary things. The ordinary yeah. things that you're doing, you know, um, yeah. wash, your, wash your plate after a meal, you know, help yeah. in the house with some chores, you know, yeah. make your bed. You know, there's a little, do it with, with because there's a greater good for the whole family. That's encountering, that's knowing Christ, encountering Christ, you know. So we don't have to do the extraordinary things. We have all these this model saints that are given to us who have done extraordinary things and we feel we are so far away from them. Yeah. We can't even touch them anywhere. I also can't touch anywhere near them. I mean, but, you know, but just do the simple <laughs> things, the ordinary things with extraordinary love. We encounter God. I, I can see the parents uh, writing out a list right now of chores to give their children. And say, Father Clary said, do this. <laughs> but lead by, lead by example. Don't just don't <laughs> command them. Lead by example. That's the most important thing. You know, don't make them wash your dish. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you for that, Father. Uh, JP again. What is the is this the same JP? <laughs> what is the church archgel doing to connect with the millennial and Gen Z generation? How can lay people like us help? Okay, first of yeah. all, what is Gen Z? <laughs> well, what what some, some, something that you and I don't belong to? <laughs> you don't belong to. <laughs> I've stopped. I've stopped following whether it's we are Gen X, Y. We are what? What are we? Are, are we? We are Kevin, you were born in the seventies, uh, Kevin. Yeah, yes, yes. we are baby boomers. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. Where, which, which, we are X because they didn't know what to call us, so they just put X. Anyway, I'm not too sure which generation. Yeah. I, I think every generation. That's a, that's the challenge. Whether it's X, Y, Z, yeah. engaging with the young, uh, making it relevant because you know it's it's a period of transition. It's just like our own lives too. You know, when you are at that age, many things are changing. You know, in terms of your perception, in terms of uh, the way you think, you know, uh, and engaging with the young is not easy. Uh, my experience is this because even with, with youth groups, it's always mm -hmm. challenging because it's very transient. They're always on the move, you see. Yeah. You know, uh, you cannot have a long-term plan in a youth group. You can't have a, like yeah. a 10-year plan with them, you know, yeah. because, yeah. you know, after school from five, then they're off to college and then university and then, you know, people travel and work and all that. Uh, so sometimes it's it's be, to be able to to find things that interest them, and not always the things that we do will interest them. Also, we have to recognize that some people say engage them with with media, of course, engage them with music, uh, engage them with fellowship. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I think we have to try different things, and different groups respond differently. That's the reality we need to understand. Uh, yeah. You know, there isn't one one model that's going to fit all our all our young people. You know, and even within a group of young people, mm -hmm. there will be like some will like yeah. this, some won't like this. You know, you organize a retreat. Ah, yeah, Father, why do I always retreat only? Somebody, Father, you want more retreat? You know, sometimes yeah. like I wonder if I lost my head because of youth ministry yeah. work. Yeah. You know, sometimes you know. So sometimes you have to explore different things, like Kevin. You know, uh, JP. Yeah. I think, you know how how to engage. Even I think in the, in the archdiocese in the church, we we I think more importantly on the ground. I think each parish has to find a, a way to to reach out to the young people. 
you know and there isn't one way uh, you're going to engage with them at different levels you're going to engage with them in different interests uh, we have to kind of find find there isn't one interest that's going to bring everybody together let's face that reality uh, we have to it's a multi-pronged approach you know yeah. uh, some will like you know if you have nice live music and you know allow them to 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 what you call it allow uh, to what do you call it what's the word you call it uh, to to you meet up and you to jam sorry to jam sorry jam. Jam for jesus. i can't even remember the word jamming for jesus and i can't remember you know yeah so sometimes i think sometimes we have to find new ways like new creative ways to engage with them you know as i said even within a group you find different people with different interests uh, yeah. it is not easy sometimes you know but i think if you keep the door open uh, you explore uh, with them and you they see that you are open to different ideas new ideas uh, i think they are you know you know we 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 can't have a level of success uh, if you want to to quantify uh, in some ways you know i mean i'm a product of my own youth group i mean uh, mm -hmm. i i grew up in a small town rawang and the youth ministry we played badminton you know uh, saturday mornings was altar service we it was polishing the candle stand the yeah. turibar <laughs> football then after that lunch you know i'm a product of that so i mean it doesn't say what i went through will work today also yeah and i think father if i if i can add to that um you know the question was what uh, is the church archkel doing i think it's very difficult to put this in other people's hands because sometimes we don't really know what what their interests are you know and sometimes it's like you know like like sometimes like me i don't even know my age i think i'm young and cool you know and i want to start a youth group and i want to get the youth you know like when i was in my bc they say oh you're the youngest one so you'll be the youth uh youth coordinator but i don't know what they like you know what i mean so it's always better to get if you want like like the youth or something to get them to be involved and to start whatever it is and then the, the church and Archkel and the parish priest what can just guide them, you know. I, I think am, am, am I right in saying that, Father? Yeah. I mean sometimes I sometimes I'm also, you know, in a kind of a situation, you know, uh, to ask myself, do I really understand, you know? <laughs> I mean that's the same because you know, because you know, when I first came out, when I first ordained and I had two very senior priests uh, and and the first thing is okay, you take care of the youth. You know, <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm young. I understand the youth either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe because we can relate to them better. You know, I mean, we were, I was talking to Mark earlier, and we were talking about different things. You know, when I was in Assumption, what was the thing that I used to engage with the altar service was football. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, until today, they're all my friends and Mark Achai and all these people, Sandeep and all these people. I remember them. You know, I mean, so yeah, maybe you know to find new things like it doesn't really mean that you know. Uh, some people and there was a period when people think oh if you if you want to work with the youth you must dress like them you must be like them. Uh, that's something that i don't subscribe to personally um, mm -hmm. you know it doesn't mean that i have to be like them to be welcomed by them but there mm -hmm. are different things that you know if i if you're open i mean i used to play football with them i used to after then you know, we have to stay tarik with them you know and i think when mm -hmm. they get to know the person uh, they are a bit more open and accepting yeah. of it yeah. yeah yeah so there isn't one model i think basically that's that how yeah, right. Okay. Good morning, Marishka. Since tattoos are not allowed, what would be the scenario of a young man who has tattoos as a calling to join the priesthood? Will the Catholic Church accept him? First of all, Father, tattoos are not allowed? <laughs> you know, I mean, there is a verse in the Bible that talks about these tattoos. I think, and I think it's mm -hmm. a context that we need to understand. You know, at the time when tattoos were, you know, what were the images they were, they were, images of 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 deities you know mm. that they used you know uh and uh and so the and at that time they said no i mean you know mm. because it, it's it's uh it's other other gods i mean with a small mm. g i said you know but mm. i know we have seminarians who have tattoos so to mariska's question yes we accept you know we, we have to accept that i know priests who have tattoos um mm. you know uh, i've i've met them uh in different places yeah and I, I i don't want to box it and say it's a sin but always ask the question you know because it you know fashion is so is 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 changing it's it's evolving all the time you know a tattoo that you make you know you know for example i give you an example if you say tattoo is bad i mean in in, in i think in in north in in india in the north region uh, there are some communities that they have the cross tattooed uh, on their 
uh, somewhere near the thumb mm. here. That's the sign that they are yeah. Catholic for life. You know, oh. you see them. Yeah, you see them. Uh, so I think you know. Uh, I wouldn't want to box and say it's, it's a sin. But I think always ask ourselves. Of course, if you're putting other deities, it, it, we will say no. But sometimes there's some nice design you want to put. Uh, you know. But what about a cross, Father? You see a lot of tattoos, people like to put a cross as well. Is that appropriate, unsuitable? I mean, I, I ask myself, what what's the reason? Always ask the reason. Mm. Why, why, are you, why are you doing this? What for? I mean, is it is it necessary? Uh, is it something that you really want to you know have it for the rest of your life? Uh, mm. something you know <laughs> i always say that it's, it's necessary you know, if you want to lead a youth group <laughs> <laughs> i always say you know today you have a today you have a, a, a nice cross because your, your muscles are all tight and all yeah. that you know 30 years from now the cross may look like may, may look like some some broken uh, some fragmented piece of wood because yeah. your muscles are all like <laughs> hanging now you know you're wondering are you what, is, what why did i do this you know so i always ask people think carefully why why do you want it you know you know, do you still want it after 30 years? You know, do you still want to look at it? You know, because fashion keeps changing, Kevin. I mean, I mean, I remember growing up, you know, with, uh, you know, with uh, what you call it, uh, uh, with, with bell bottoms. And, you know, you remember, uh, you know, this was this, 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 this time and then that, that went off and then that came back again. Then, you know, now you have this baggy pants, you know, yeah. fashions keep changing, you know, people have, and this is something Fashions you can change. I mean, you can change your wardrobe, but something mm. and something that's inked in your body, you, you can't change it for the rest of your life, um, yeah. as much as you want to. So, I mean, to Mariska's question, yeah, I mean, we have seminarians, we have priests. So, the church, of of course, the church will welcome. They're not, you know, we're not going to do a, a body scan before you enter into. <laughs> no, a medical scan is required, but we're not doing a body scan before re receiving them uh, into the seminary. All right, good to know. Good to know. Any any um. Uh, the vocations are open, right? We just had a vocation Sunday a couple of Sundays ago. So if you have a tattoo, well, it's just join in. <laughs> okay, is there uh, Anne-Marie? Good morning to you. Father, during Mass, when does bread and wine actually become body and blood? After consecration or after the end of the through him, within in him, in him? You know, this is a question. This is a question about at which point, at which point. Mm. You know, mm. This is a question goes back to to people like thomas aquinas asking you know the the whole the whole theology of of transubstantiation when mm. does it happen at which point does it happen you know i am not able to say this particular moment is when god you know mm. god comes. but we know that it is the liturgy of the eucharist you know and mm. when the priest says you know when he makes you know they become the body and blood of our lord jesus christ you know that's mm. the faith at that point mm becomes the body and blood of Christ. But let's not break the, the whole liturgy of the Eucharist into, into small fragments as this moment, that moment, and different moments. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one whole liturgy that we, we need to look at. Just like the Mass, you know, it's mm -hmm. not not you know just one part of the other. But I think it's the whole part of the of the of the liturgy of the Eucharist where Christ offers himself. You know so Christ mm -hmm. is both uh, the, the, the priest uh, the victim, uh, and he is also the one uh, that is being sacrificed. And I think that that's something that we have to remember. So it's it's not yes at that moment. You know, it, it's it's the same the same question. Like some, you know, when I went took some groups to Holy Land for 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 uh, for pilgrimage, you know, they'll ask questions. Mm -hmm. Is this the exact point where Jesus was born? I said I really don't know. <laughs> But, you know, but what is important, remember, is that historically, Jesus was born. He was born in this region. Mm. He was born in this, this area. Yeah, you know, because mm. we're talking about 2,000 years, you know, there could be many changes. Could have mm. been, you know, historically or, or, or traditionally, yes, we believe that Christ was born in this, this area. Yes, you know, or, you know, if you, if you ask me, sometimes you, we go to, to Jericho and there's this, this, you know, we go and we look at the different different things and all that. Is this the exact moment? Uh, you know, then there's a whole river, Jordan. Is this the place Jesus was born? I was baptized? I said, I, I really haven't a clue. Like, I mean, I mean, his, I mean, traditionally, uh, conventionally, it's said that Jesus was baptized in this, in this area, somewhere in this area, you know, we studied. So I think, talking about transubstantiation, at which moment, you know, it's... It's 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 you know <laughs> we can we, we can talk till the cows come home and I you know you will agree and disagree but if you look at the words there uh, you know and the most powerful words there that they become the body and blood of Christ and the corresponding action is the blessing is the is mm -hmm. the cross you know? uh, because you know the, 
the, the whole thing is about first is the hands that are over the the, the body and blood the invoking mm-hmm. of the holy spirit and then the, the blessing so that's one whole moment where it is to be able to say you know that that the transubstantiation takes place mm-hmm. i hope that answers and marie's question but the thing is the difficulty is because you don't see it visually you see yeah you know yeah. Yeah. uh it's 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 uh, it's you know it's something that's that you believe in faith you know yeah, yeah. is this one of uh, the topics that you find very uh, difficult to talk about especially with uh, when kids ask about transubstantiation you know i <laughs> It's a matter of faith, isn't it, Kevin? I mean, for 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 us, you know, because the the appearance don't change. You know, it it is difficult to explain to them. You know, it's 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 when you see it, there's nothing there's nothing change externally. Mm-hmm. You know, you still see you still see the the bread that was brought up at at offer tree and the mm-hmm. bread that you receive. It looks the same, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, and the wine that is brought up. It looks the same. You know? So, so for us, it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith that. That it is now the body and blood of Jesus, and and that's why we show the reverence, you know, uh, we show that reverence to it, uh, uh, to to that, uh, you know, bread and wine, and yep. that's a, that's a, that's a point of faith. That's a point of faith for us, you know. There are many other Christian communities who who celebrate the breaking of bread, but for them it's very symbolic. There's there's no idea of of this transubstantiation. Uh, it is just a reenactment. But for us, that's that is that is the that is the moment uh, that is right. and that's why you know during this pandemic everybody is saying what do you miss the most i miss holy communion you know yeah. and, and not just yeah. any bread you know i mean yeah. it's not just going to to 711 and picking up some bread or some some you know yeah. some potato potato buns or something <laughs> like that or you know picking it up but you know that is the faith of the forest that is what that makes it different for us right wonderful okay i think we'll take one more question before we wrap up um, the question is uh, how do priests keep themselves motivated and focused on faith how do you keep yourself motivated how do we keep ourselves motivated huh? um I, I i guess I, i mean i can't speak for other priests huh? I, i wouldn't speak for other priests here speak for myself i, I think the the people keep us motivated people keeps me motivated And that's why one of the things that that uh, that I miss during this pandemic is the presence of the community, mm. you know. And that's what the diocesan priesthood is all about. Uh, it's about that we are placed in a community to serve the community, um, and it is it is a two way relationship, you know. As much as the people need a priest, the priest also needs a people. Mm. You know? I remember last year uh, celebrating the whole Holy Week and Easter with no with no congregation. I mean, though. Yeah, the the mystery of the passion, death, and resurrection happens, but it's not the same. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the same singing the exultel to myself. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's the community uh, and the and the relationship and the interaction uh, that that we have, that relationship that we build. I mean, when a priest is sent to a parish, it, it's not just to perform functions. You know, but it's also to build a community, uh, to build a relationship with people, and 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 that's what keeps me motivated. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's not just for me. I I need to do it. You know, I, I mean, as you know, I mean, I used I I still go to to KKB for mass. You know, every Sunday I drive six sixty kilometers one way up and down. You know, yeah. and and why why do I do it? Because I've built a relationship with the community. You know, it's not just because I need to go there and say mass for them. You know. But they have built a relationship with me too, you know. Yeah. So that that keeps keeps me motivated to to go back. Because sometimes, I mean, let's face it: as you grow older, you know, fatigue sets in a lot quicker than when you were, you know, a young priest, you know. But mm-hmm. I go because because I have built a relationship, and I look forward to seeing them. They look forward to seeing me. I hope I hope they look forward to seeing me. If I look forward to seeing them. I don't know about them, but I'm sure I, they do. You know, but it's not just for me to say the mass or to give the sacraments. You know, I I am not a machine, a, a, a dispenser of sacraments. You know, it's a it's a relationship that I've I've established and built with them that keeps me wanting to go back to see them. You know, and I think that's what community is all about, and that's what yeah. I miss most in this pandemic. And this next two weeks is the same thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to miss seeing them, all of them. 
Yeah. So on that note, we of course uh, pray and hope that we can uh, resume our masses and uh, go back to church and to see not just our community but also our priest. All right. Yeah. Okay, Father. I think we've spent uh, about an hour answering a lot of questions, and I'm sure there are more questions to come. So maybe we'll pick this up on the next Ask a Priest session. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize there are so many questions that people people would like to post. You know, but if you get a chance, you know, don't just don't just don't just wait for this opportunity. I would say, you know, if you if you get I mean, when things go back to some sense of of of, of normal, whether it's mm. new or old normal, you know, engage with your priests and you know ask them these questions, talk to them, you know. And I said, you know, build a relationship with them also. You know, it's yeah. a two way relationship, of course. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's it's not so easy. Sometimes it's easier, um, but you know. Uh, there's always an opportunity to have that conversation with them, and I think you know, I think that I think that's the nice part. You know, you, you can you can ask, you know, and and of course it's nice to to hide behind a screen and you know and post all the questions <laughs> and be what Mark will say, we keyboard keyboard warriors. Suddenly keyboard the, warriors. The, the courage comes because nobody sees you. It's just like you know. It's just like going to confession, you know. Your first thing you look at is which priest I will not see again, so that you know. I can go to <laughs> again, you know, you don't. Let's not hide behind the keyboard, but you know, yeah. have, engage in a conversation. You know, engage in a conversation, and you understand a lot more. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, we get more other, other priests to come in and share. I think it's you know, now we are what episode fifty-eight. You know, you've seen me fifty-eight weeks already. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure we'd love to to know more and get to know our priests uh, better. So you know, yeah. just uh, we'll have more more clergy coming on the show. All right. So go go encourage your go encourage your priests to get in touch with us and come on the show. Yep, yep. All right. Okay. Uh, before we we go, let's uh, we want to promote our show for next week. So next week, what will we have? We have encountering encountering God in your church, witnessing the legacy of His goodness. Father Clarence will be on and hosted by JP, Jonathan Poon, uh, JP. So we're looking forward to that show next weekend, 15 May, all right, 10.30 a.m. right here on Catholics at Home Facebook and YouTube. All right, so do tell your friends about it and we hope to see you then. So Father, as usual, we'd like to conclude with a prayer for today. Perhaps before we end, Kevin, a little shout out for all moms out there. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yes, you know, uh, to all mothers out there, uh, we want to wish you happy Mother's Day. Uh, you know, I know a lot of things that you do are, are unappreciated. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean that because we do it, we do, we do this show once once a year, doesn't mean that we don't appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. But I think you know, to all moms, uh, to my mother, Kevin, your mother who lives with you, uh, yeah. uh, to Mark's mom also, and to all our yeah. other moms who are very supportive of the work that we do. Uh, we we say a prayer and, and to your moms too. Uh, do wish them from all of us um, and all those who are listening to us, all mothers. Who I, you know, uh, the only thing is we can ask God to bless you to, tomorrow in a very special way. And uh, I assure you that I will remember all mothers tomorrow uh, in, in my mass. As I celebrate it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So let's conclude with a prayer. Okay, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. God, our loving Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again this morning to have this, this, this lively conversation. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you will continue to inspire us to be faithful to you, especially in this season of Easter where you remind your disciples to love one another, help us to love one another in the way that you have loved, in the way that you continue to love each one of us. We pray for all mothers tomorrow, mothers who are also the embodiment of your love in so many different ways into our own lives that they have sacrificed the sacrifices that they continue to make for us the little things that they do that sometimes we that go unappreciated help us to always be grateful for this gift of moms that you have given to us we realize that there are no perfect moms but the moms that you have given to us in their own way have shown your love to each one of us bless them and bless each one of us and we pray that you would keep us all safe during this time and lead us out of this pandemic we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So once again, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Father Clarence Devadas for uh, joining us on the show and answering all the questions that we have. Also, as Father said, tomorrow is uh, Mother's Day. And you know, Father, usually, you know, one of the 
usually everybody takes their mother out, lah, you know, because the men can't really cook properly. <laughs> so we take our mother out for a nice uh, lunch or dinner. And of course, in these conditions, we can't go out. You know, if you need to order something, maybe you can try going to our Willing Hearts Facebook group. It's Willing Hearts. There's a lot of people doing a lot of dishes and food and, you know, maybe some gifts as well. And you can support them, order them, and then, you know, uh, get it for Mother's Day. Of course, if it's you think, okay, it's a bit too late now because Mother's Day tomorrow, uh, don't worry. Just tell your mother, we've got something for you. It'll be coming soon. No problem. And you can get some food by tomorrow, then do it. So don't forget to check out our Facebook group, Willing Hearts, all right, and give them some support. Well, till then, we'll see you for our next show next Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Uh, have a blessed weekend. Wishing all mothers happy Mother's Day. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.